Sicily's our destination right now on Travel with Rick Steves. Our travel expert guides are native-born Tommaso Ponte and Sarah Murdoch, who's helping me write a new guidebook to Sicily for next year. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. Thanks for joining us. Hey, uh, Tommaso, if you were to describe for an American or a Canadian heading off to Sicily the best 12 days to enjoy your homeland, what would you do just very quickly in 12 days? So I would start first from Palermo. Uh-huh. Palermo, when you see the 16 different domination that dominated Sicily, it's all it's a concentration there. All of the culture is a layer cake in Palermo. It's a layer cake and in then Palermo. Where? And then I would go to Trapani. And then from Trapani, I would go to Agrigento. And then so from, first of all, Trapani is on the far west. West. And uh, it's, why do you like Trapani? I mean, I like Trapani for many reasons. Reason number one, because they have the beautiful salt flat pan. Okay, so this is where they would um, harvest the salt, the basically. Salt. They would evaporate it from the sea, and everybody would get that very important salt. Exactly. Then from there, I would go to Agrigento. Agrigento. Agrigento, yeah, for the Valley of the Temples, those beautiful temples dating back to the 5th, 6th century before Christ, in perfect condition. I mean, you go there, you see the Temple of La Concordia, you say, but this temple was built yesterday or was built 2,500? It's that new looking and it's from 500 before Christ. Absolutely. It's a in... reminder that Sicily was a very important part of Greek culture. Colon. Yeah, it was a Greek colony. I mean, the Greeks arrived in Sicily in 720. 34 before Christ. Some of the greatest cities of Greece, 500 BC, were in Sicily, actually. Exactly. Okay, so from Agrigento, where do we go next? Okay, from Agrigento, I would go to Piazza Armerina at the Roman Villa del Casale. So this is different. This is not ancient Greek. This is ancient Roman. Remember the layers, you know. (laughs) Okay, the layers. This is is the ancient Roman layer. (laughs) Yeah. So we go to a beautiful villa that basically was built uh, between the 3rd and the 4th century AD, Roman time. So three or 400 Uh, after Christ, these are Romans. And this is a villa. What's so famous about this villa? Uh, The mosaics. I mean, when you see those floor mosaics, you know, shining in the color, that beautiful green color or red color or black color, you know, this human figures. Now, this was the home of, like, a a man who sold exotic animals, Yes, exactly. It was uh, probably, we don't have evidences, but probably was uh, the family of the emperor, you know, Mm -hmm. part of the family of the emperor. So it was a hunting lodge or social function because of the expeditions we have from Rome to Tunisia. So we have uh, many theories about that. Okay, but there's all sorts of crazy animals shown in the mosaics. In the mosaics. And then from Piazza Armerina, Uh, Armerina you would go to Syracuse. 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 And, Syracuse and, uh, is a beautiful, this is the big city. It's a big city in the southern east part of the island of Sicily, where basically we have great Greek ruins. Because uh-huh. remember, Syracuse was in competition with Athens. Remember the Peloponnesian Wars. So we have so, all this kind of... Like Palermo, it's a big city, but this has many impressive Greek ruins. Greek and after. also, yeah, and Baroque style. And then from there, I will go to Catania. Mm-hmm. And from Catania, Taormina. Taormina, the gem of Sicily, of and course. And that's sort of the romantic resort. Absolutely. It's set on a bluff with a beautiful view over the sea with a famous uh, Greek... Greek-Roman theater. theater. It's just beautiful, yeah. And then finally? 
And finally, of course, my homeland, the Aeolian Islands. This is something that you should not miss in your tour of Sicily, especially if you have 12 days. So I would visit, first of all, the island of Salina, where the movie The Postman was filmed. Okay. All right. And then I would visit, for sure, the island of Stromboli, which is an active volcano. So these are little islands just a short boat ride north of Sicily? Northeast of Sicily, yeah. And you go there by boat from... By boat from Milazzo. There is a port of Milazzo. So so you embark, I mean, you board your boat from there and you visit. You can do even daily excursion from there. Okay, Uh, so Tommaso, that's a good itinerary. Now, Sarah Murdoch, these are the places to see. What would you say, as a tour guide, are the most important experiences for a traveler to really appreciate Sicily as opposed to Italy and so on? I think the important experiences are getting to know the people of Sicily. I think the people of Sicily have a really different character. Uh, And understanding the the dominations that Tommaso spoke about and the the colorful sort of mixture of cultures, I think Palermo is a great experience. Even if it's a little bit of a scary city, it's a little intimidating. Once you actually see the elegance of it and the combination of all the cultures, that really adds a lot to your experience. So understand the melting pot uh, mm-hmm. aspect of Sicily and multiculturalism there. It's a really multicultural society. So the people are definitely a highlight for me. Yeah. What about organized crime? Because we, th- we think of the godfather and everything. Uh, for a traveler today, how does that impact your experience? Not at all. You don't see it at all. It's not something that you will encounter as a tourist, not even a little bit. Does it still survive? Is there still uh, this yeah. sort of a... absolutely. Tr- it's sort of like territory, isn't it? Different families have different territory. Or what, what's the behind... If you understood organized crime in sure. Sicily right now... What's going on? Well, it still exists, definitely. A lot of the organized crime has sort of um, gentrified in a sense where they've turned themselves into more um, things like construction companies or they've invested their money in other kinds of uh, So it's just corruption instead of... It's corruption. And the real drug kind of mafia that you hear about on television and on the radio and so on uh, is more centered around Naples, actually. The Sicilian mafia is something that's not as front and center as it used to be. And really, the only place that a tourist will encounter sort of the vestiges of the Sicilian mafia, you'll see in Palermo, there's a really big uh, monument and a mural of uh, Falcone and Barcelino, the judges mm-hmm. that were assassinated. But that was a turning point in 1992 for Sicily, where the population decided that they were done. So when the population turned on the mafia, that really was the beginning of the end for the mafia dominating the culture. Absolutely. And until then, it was sort of like Robin Hood, and Sicily was ruled for centuries by s- stupid colonial powers, and, and this was just a way to survive, basically. To yeah, and I think there was a sense of hopelessness in a way that there was no way to get rid of that problem, but right. but the people were galvanized after those judges were assassinated, and, and it changed. in the 90s. So this is, yeah. now, no, Tommaso, you've grown up in Sicily. What change have you seen from a, a law and order point of view and from just an economy point of view in Sicily? Well, big changes. I mean, I think in this last uh, 10 years, in this last decade, uh, the economy of the island has improved a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a big improvement. Okay, we have a lot of uh, uh, young people that want to emigrate, want to go, especially to the northern part of Europe for a better job. But uh, if we consider this point of view, I think that in Sicily, they could work. They could work, especially in the agriculture. You know, mm. the agriculture is a, one of the main economical uh, activity for us. But as you know, young generation, young people, they don't want to be farmer. So that's why most of the people, you know, they prefer to they go, go to, to the, the big know, city. To the big city, find a better, a better condition of life. I was just in Palermo, and I remember it being covered with dirt and grime on the buildings and, and dark walls. And 
Today, it's pedestrian only. It's well lit. Yep. The walls are clean. There's uh, an energy. It's the a different big, feeling. Exactly. The big change actually happened when Palermo, the pedestrian area, was declared UNESCO World Heritage. So the historic center was given a, a special protection. A special protection by the United Nations. And this was absolutely the moment when the city changed a lot. I mean, you see by night. You go by night there, there is a lot of passeggiata. I mean, the, the, the passeggiata in, in Sicily is... <laughs> the way to do it. Sarah, when you're in Palermo, how do you make a point to enjoy the passeggiata? Oh, the passeggiata. I love going out and enjoying the street food scene. That's one of the things I really enjoy doing, either by a tour or just on my own Mm -hmm. uh, and hopping from place to place and trying a lot of the nibbles. I love the area around Teatro Massimo via Macedo, which is the street with all of the shops. Uh, And they've really lit up the streets. Palermo, I've been going there for maybe 10 years now, and I can't even believe it's the same city, even in the last five years. I couldn't either, because my memory was so different from what I experienced this year. And when you're thinking about this new relative affluent in Sicily, I mean, it feels like good times. To what degree is that subsidized by um, taxpayers from northern Italy? Probably quite a bit. Uh, And also, I think that more and more money is going to Sicily from the European Union, especially as more attention is focused on it. Palermo is a cultural capital this year, and it's being supported by funds from the EU. So it's a a wonderful time to go to Sicily. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Sarah Murdoch, and we're talking with Tommaso Pante about Sicily. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. Lorenzo is calling from Boise, Idaho. Lorenzo, thanks for your call. Thanks for having me. Yeah, do you have a comment or a question about Sicily? I do. I would love to go to Sicily. I've never been. I've been to to uh, I have been to Italy a few times. I've just never made it that far south. Once I get down there, is there a pretty good transportation to get around to all these sites? I'm not a big car renter, so I need a way to get around to these places. And what is the transportation like? Can I? get trains, buses? What, how do people get around? What, Sarah, what's, on what's your answer there? You know, I'm writing a book on Sicily right now, and this is a topic I was just discussing. Uh, and Sicily can be a little challenging without a car. A car is a lot of fun, and it's actually less intimidating than you may think. But if you want to go car-free, you absolutely can. And I have a really elegant solution for you. If you start on the far west in Tropani, fly in there, you can use that as a home base for doing little day trips in the area there. And that's a little bit more uh, countryside. It's not really urban. Then you can head to Palermo on the bus. From Palermo, you can spend two or three days there, go up to Monreale, which is a beautiful cathedral with mosaics. And then from there, it's an easy two-hour bus connection to Catania on the far eastern side, which has an easy airport that's only 15 minutes from the city Two-hour connection by bus. Mm-hmm. Two to three hours. Yeah. So yeah. That's two the, Sicilian you know, hours. You know, the impressive <laughs> thing, I was, I was on a 12-day tour of Sicily, uh, 10 or 12 days, and what I was struck by is how how short the drives are. It's an easy island to get around, in yeah. part because of the tax revenue or the money for infrastructure that comes in from the north. It feels like the roads are overbuilt for the traffic. I mean, you've got great freeways for a little island with not a lot of traffic. I never noticed any traffic jams. You can get around easily. And as Sarah said, if you don't mind driving, it's a great place to drive. I'd recommend doing it by car. But if you insist, uh, of course, there's public transit. You'd, you'd want to let the existing transit routes probably help dictate, I think, your itinerary. Yeah, and I would definitely suggest you do buses rather than trains. The train yeah. system does not connect enough, and it's slow. That's important in a yeah. lot of countries, Portugal, Ireland, uh, Sicily. We a lot of times think of train because we traveled in France or Germany, but yeah. no, buses really work much better. Tommaso. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree. I totally agree. Of course, there are areas of Sicily where the train connections are good. For instance, if you go from Palermo to Cefalu, 
I mean, we have a one-hour ride by train, and the train is about every half an hour or one oh, hour. So that's great. For that, I mean, some areas of Sicily are very well covered. Because Cefalu is a wonderful, it complements the bigger cities, and that, I have beautiful memories of Cefalu as a, a wonderful small fishing town, basically. Yeah. It is still a fishing town. Of course, uh, the tourism is increasing, but still has uh, this kind of beautiful medieval atmosphere oh, with a lot it. of oh. restaurant, fishing restaurant. You eat your fish just on the water. By That's the perfect. Water. It's yeah. perfect. Lorenzo, I hope that gives you some ideas. I'm getting excited about booking a ticket there. Thank you so much for your help. I'm getting excited just talking about it. Thank you for calling. Happy travels. Thank you. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're joined by Tommaso Ponte and Sarah Murdoch. We're talking about Sicily. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Garrett is calling from Chicago. Buongiorno, Garrett. Oh, ciao a tutti. Thanks for <laughs> taking my call. You bet. Uh, yeah, we were in um, Sicily over Easter this past April, and um, a highlight of our trip was being in Trapani for Good Friday. We were there and we saw the procession of the mysteries. You know, this is where they have the sculptures depicting the Passion of Christ, which are carried on these beautifully decorated platforms with like candles and flowers, and it's all carried on the shoulders of the men of the town. And it was an absolute spectacle, you know. I mean, if you could picture, you have um, like these beautiful sculptures, and you have the sounds of bands playing, and choirs singing, and people solemnly praying, and and then you have the scent of the candles and the flowers and mixed with the ocean air and, mm. you know, the sun setting as the parade winds around town and all with the backdrop of this beautiful Baroque town by the ocean. It, it was absolutely spectacular. I mean, we definitely will not forget this experience for the rest of our life, I think. Garrett, you sound like a travel writer. That was beautiful. And, you know, I was there in Trapani on the same day on Good Friday. That's amazing. But it was a—you described it perfectly. Everything sort of sways from left to right. The guys marching with the with the floats, all yeah. the men holding it, and then they slowly yeah. go left. I'm going left and right right now, and all of the uh, uh, the people who gathered around, they seem to go left and right also. The whole place was mesmerized as Good Friday was remembered, and uh, I just thought it was one of the greatest uh, spectacles I had seen. You can go any day of the year and visit the church and see those um, the procession of the mysteries, but to see them actually yeah. taken out of their stalls at the church and brought through the city, and as you mentioned, it goes for like all day and deep 24 into the hours. Night. It's 24 hours. 24 yeah. hours. And it's funeral music that they play the whole time. It's a funeral dirge. Yeah. Okay. And, the, and so they play yeah. that very sad music and they sway to the music and people come and they they take over for each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really neat. And but the whole yeah, town is involved. I think even if you're not religious, just seeing like the effort that it takes to like put on an event like this year after year for like, what is it, like oh. 400 years? It's, it's a like rich example of the culture. Mind-boggling. I love it. And the thought that people would gather around, whether they're religious or not, and be touched by it. It's a beautiful thing. Tommaso? Yeah, I agree. Actually, they do the preparation of this uh, one year before. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we have this kind of a congregations, oh, yeah. you know, and uh, each congregation try to do the best, uh, the best cart or the best uh, religious statues. Yeah. So and there's so. a community spirit. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Garrett, yeah. thanks for your call and, and reminding us of the beauty of the procession of the mysteries on Good Friday. Yeah. Take care. Thanks for the call. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. This is Travel with Rick Steves. I'm speaking with Tommaso Pante and Sarah Murdoch. We're talking about Sicily. Sarah, when you're thinking about Sicily, 
Uh, the one uh, great site that didn't make it on Tommaso's greatest hits was Mount Etna, the volcano. Mount Etna is such a wonderful site. It's actually the top tourist destination in Sicily. Uh, they call it Mama Etna because she sort of is the mother of the island, and she affects so much of their soil and their atmosphere. And if you fly into Catania, she's the first thing you see, and she's always steaming and putting on a beautiful show, almost always, even if she's not erupting. And to experience her as a tourist, you can obviously see her from Taormina, you can see her from Catania, just a view, but you can actually actually get up close and personal, and there's a couple of different ways you can do it. You can take a car if you have one and drive up to a, a really easy area where you can drop your car and do a nice little stroll around craters. Another thing you can do from that same location if you're more adventurous is to take a cable car up to a higher elevation where you get onto 4 by 4 vehicles and they will take you to the summit. So that's an all-day experience you can do. There are tours that do that kind of thing. And if you're not really a person who's into hiking or craters but you want to get a little more elegant experience of Mama Etna, you can taste the fruits of her labors, and you can do sort of a wine tour. Uh, the north face of Etna is sort of a hot spot. I'd call it the Napa Valley of Sicily, hmm. uh, near a town called Randazzo. You can go out there and visit wineries and beautiful restaurants, and it's a little bit more of a lazy sort of easygoing way to experience Etna. She's a wonderful creature, really. You can't speak about the mountain as it a, is a living mountain. It's in a, a living thing, yeah. And they refer to it as a, almost a person, really. She's and a character. So Sicily is a hot destination. It's a work in progress. It's yeah. multidimensional, and it's got lots to offer. We've been talking with Sarah Murdoch and Tommaso Ponte about Sicily. Let's just close with one favorite quintessentially Sicilian experience that you'd want to share with one of your travelers if you were guiding them around Sicily. Oh, my favorite thing to do uh, is actually in Tommaso's hometown, and I ran into him doing this very thing this past fall, uh, is there's a little bar called the Bam Bar in Taromina, and I have lovely memories taking my, my son there. Uh, we sat out there, and it's a granita bar. Mm. And that's something they have for breakfast. Uh, and you can have a dozen different flavors. They'll pile it in your glass kind this of is like, like a slushy or a Like a slushy, yeah. yeah, kind of like a slushy. And uh, it's flavors like almond and chocolate, and they'll layer them up like a sundae and put a big dollop of whipped cream. But here's the weird part for Americans. They serve it with a warm brioche egg bun. And you take that and you dip it in, or you pile the granita inside the frozen granita. It sounds gross, I know, and but it's so good. your son probably goes, is this counting for breakfast? Yeah. Yes, I know. And every single day we rented an apartment next door to the BAM bar. And every day my child, when he was nine, he would get up early and go over and get two of us cappuccinos and a big granita to share. So that's oh. my favorite thing to do in mm, Sicily. Nutrition, Sicilian style. And Tommaso. Yeah, my favorite to do, I mean, it's uh, just to sit always in Taormina, you know, in the main square and watching people, watching people, you know, doing the passeggiata, the parade. This is a great way, you know, to understand the culture. This is the way great way also to understand Sicilian. Just a simple thing. I mean, your soul is very enriched about this kind of experience. So the passeggiata, watching people having the passeggiata in the main corso. You guys are fantastic. Sarah and Tommaso, mille grazie. And I'll see you in Sicilia. In Sicilia, grazie. Sicilia. <laughs> grazie, Riccardo. <Great>. Piacere. <laughs> grazie. Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. Europe Through the Back Door teaches the skills of smart travel. Travel as a political act adds meaning to the journey. And Rick Steves' best-selling country, city, and pocket guidebooks cover every corner of Europe. To learn more, visit the Travel Store at ricksteves.com.